0: I want to talk about protecting that interior castle. This morning, I want to talk to you about being alert. You're not going to fall to sleep this morning. Are you with me? This morning, I'm going to come with a challenge. And I hope you see where this challenge is coming from. But I want you to be alert, be aware, be watchful, and be vigilant. And this is my 2016 exhortation to revive church. This has been laid on my heart for a little while, and you'll see why in a minute. But in 2016, this is where I want us to go, guys. And it comes about because a couple of reasons. A few weeks ago, David and I were going down the M62 shopping, wouldn't you know? And um, a, a lorry in front of us kept swerving onto the hard shoulder. We kept passing comment. Where's he going? What's he doing? And how dangerous it is to be distracted when we are driving. Anyone? When we are driving, we need to be alert. We overtook him, by the way, and he was on his telephone. How dangerous it is to let things cut in on your attention when you're driving. Uh, And of course, uh, I'm not to, oh, and in fact, when we're driving, we should even look in the rear view mirror, anybody? I'm laughing because, you know, the last person on God's earth to tell you about driving should be me. (laughs) I've I've been driving 47 years and still can't parallel park. (laughs) But I do know when you're driving, don't be distracted. And we even, not just eyes forward, we look in the rear view mirror, don't we? to see what's happening around, to, to make sure who's just behind us. Am I being overtaken or God forbid, undertaken? We need to be alert and aware. And of course, I'm not talking about driving uh, on a journey, really. I'm talking about our spiritual journey. And there's another reason that this word came about uh, for, the, for the beginning of this year. In 2015, so many of mine and David's good Christian friends from all over the world, Australia, Gibraltar, some in the UK, and some of you here, came under serious attack. You know, we were on Loch Lomond when we received an email from some very dear friends. Let me tell you, when we received that email, we gasped. The attack was so serious. And you have to know, as being in leadership all these years, I've known all sorts of problems that this problem took the wind out of us. It was so serious. And I want to remind you, because of these two things, nuke, revive, we need to be alert, on guard, watchful, vigilant. And these are all expressions used in the Bible. Why? Why? Because we have an enemy. We need to know we have an enemy. We have, we Christians, we have an all powerful, all conquering, all victorious God. But we also have an adversary, an enemy who first of all tries to prevent us ever coming to Jesus. When you came to Jesus, you gave him a poke in the eye. He doesn't want us to come to Jesus. And then when we do come to Jesus, his job, he feels, is to distract us, disturb us, discourage us, dishearten us. And we call this enemy the devil, uh, our adversary, Satan, the deceiver. And he comes with all the demonic beings to hinder you and me. I'm going to put more balancing. Don't get worried, some of you now. A couple of years ago, Ian Christensen came and spoke to us about prayer. Really good guy, really enjoyed him. But in one session, he was talking about the demonic activity against us. And he said this, he says, there are people who ignore Satan, who believe, ignore Satan, and he will ignore you. Now, you know, I squirmed a bit in my chair because I was brought up with that attitude Ignore Satan and he will ignore you. And I have to tell you, that was my upbringing and a part of me still holds to that. I have no desire to go looking for Satan. Anybody? I have no desire to hold a dialogue with the enemy. I have no desire to know the names of the demonic. Anybody? You see, the church goes through phases. Like in my upbringing when I was taught, ignore the enemy and he will ignore you. Of course, that is not the truth. We need balance. But at other times, we have been through seasons and any of you who've been a Christian for a while will know we saw Satan everywhere. You know, we gave him more glory than Jesus. We saw him in every situation that there seemed to be more demons than angels, which of course there are not. When Satan fell, he only took one tenth of the angels with him that became demonic. But we get it out of balance, pursuing the enemy, seeing the enemy and obsessed with him, having an unhealthy interest in him. And we need balance. But let me tell you where I am this morning. And I know I've used this illustration and it is only an illustration, but it says everything about how how I feel about the enemy. It's an illustration of a postman. And of course his job was to deliver mail, deliver the post. But in delivering his mail, this postman would sometimes be hindered by ferocious dogs. Sometimes he couldn't even deliver the letters. And this played on his mind until one day he saw a big stout stick on the ground. And he picked up this stick. And when he got to the next house with a ferocious dog, he swung it at the dog, even perhaps hitting the dog. And the dog ran away, yelping. And he thought, wow. He got to the next house with a ferocious dog. Again, he swung his stick and you know, he became power crazed day after day. He realized he didn't even have to hit them sometimes, just swing the stick and they would run away. But do you know, so power crazed was he by chasing these ferocious dogs and the power he had over them. One day he put down his sack of post and instead of being a postman, he became a ferocious dog chaser. You see, where I'm coming from, don't you? He became a ferocious dog chaser. He forgot what his primary purpose it was. You know, we are called, go into all the world and preach the gospel. We're called to worship God. We're called to be ambassadors yeah. for Christ. Yeah. And you know, we only need to come against the demonic, the ferocious dogs when they hinder us doing our primary job. Anybody? Yeah. Yeah. then, then, we have the power and the authority to deal with them in the name of Jesus. You know, the Bible says that the devil comes, this is just a few of the things he comes to do. He comes to blind our eyes. He comes to steal the word of God from our hearts, even when it's a Christian. Do you know that brilliant word that you hear on a Sunday morning? Why has it gone Monday morning? Because the enemy Pause. He, and how does he do this? He gets us busy. He, he puts a problem in our way. He does this. He does that. There's a good film on the t- He has a way of stealing the word of God from our, our hearts. He comes to accuse us. He comes to murder, lie, steal, kill and destroy. Not always physically, but spiritually. To steal your joy. To kill your passion for Jesus. To destroy your ministry. He comes to tempt us and to lay sickness on us. And so my call for 2016 is that we need revive. We need to be, there needs to be a stirring up in us, not to see Satan everywhere, but to be aware, be vigilant, be watchful yeah. and on guard. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14 and 15 talks of the man of the spirit being discerning. God gives us discernment, yes. and to see and to to have discernment. The dictionary says is to see clearly, having insight. And I think we need our eyes opened to what is going on in the spirit world. Yes. While I've been getting this word together, I have been using the Spirit-filled Life Bible. It's a very very old Bible. I think we got it before we were ever married. But do you know? When, when theologians, as it were, confirm what you're feeling, it's so powerful. And I'm going to read as I go through an odd quote from the Spirit-Filled Life Bible. And this um, is around Ephesians 6, where it talks about the armor of God. And this is what it says. It says, rec- I'm hoping that this will give me more authority reading it out of the Spirit-Filled Life Bible. Are you with me? It says, recognize that your demonic enemies are behind much of what comes against you to harm you. Got it? Let me put it in the language I've just been using earlier, discerning. Discern that your demonic enemies are behind much of what comes against you to harm you. We need discernment. You know, Let's get this into balance. It is true that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Anybody? Into every life, a little rain must fall. You know, we all get sick. We all, the washing machine breaks down on all of us. We all have a little set to with our husbands, our children at some time in their life, God bless them, will annoy us. Into every life, into every life, a little rain must fall. But what we need is discernment yes. when we can think, do you know what? This is the enemy. Yeah. And then we know to come against him. And I want to just give you a, bit, a few ideas of when to be suspicious, when to think, just a minute. Um, be particularly suspicious. I can't say it. I needed my teeth in. Be particularly suspicious with timing. I have found that often just as a door opens, I come under attack, illness or or something. When opportunities occur, supposing you need the finance to enter into that opportunity, your finances are um, drizzling away. As you're being released into your destiny, you come under attack. I then prick up my ears and think, just a minute, just a minute. Years ago, it was actually when Sandra had her fall, I had a fall and I had a a bad back for seven months I have no understanding how Sandra managed seven years. But for seven months, I had an incredibly bad back, heavily uh, on painkillers and inflammatories. And um, I remember one day calling in Jared, not as our son, but as our minister. And he said a few pertinent things and I'm just going to mention one of them for the the purpose of this. And he says, mum, this is the enemy. And he said that because at that time I was writing for Joy magazine. And um, because I, my profile was higher, I was being invited to do uh, conferences, etc. And who knows, when you're doing conferences, perhaps speaking six times in a weekend, you cannot have a bad back. Yeah. You have to stand and speak with some authority, some enthusiasm. And you know, I acknowledge that. it was the enemy. And we need to be aware. When then that happens, who is seeking to stop us, pin us down, stop that door opening? The other time I get suspicious is if there is... Repeated knocks, yeah. illness after illness yeah. after illness yeah. after illness, yeah. uh, a problem after problem yeah. after problem. Anybody, you know, the washing machine goes, the boiler blows up, the engine goes in the car. You, do you know? Yeah. I get suspicious then. I yeah. know the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Into every life, a little rain must fall. But there are times that we're not noticing it's the enemy. Yeah. And we need to come against him. And we'll talk about a little bit more about that in a minute. The other time to be suspicious is if it's hindering your ministry. This is a biggie. This is why leadership needs to be prayed for constantly. Because if the enemy can attack attack senior leadership, he doesn't just affect them and their family. He touches us. He affects us. You know, just after Jonathan and Lamia joined us, they hadn't been with us many months, that Lamia got uh, vertigo. Now, this really laid her low. This wasn't a life and death illness, but, you know, literally it took her out. She couldn't preach, she couldn't minister, she couldn't help Jonathan. So what did it do? It robbed Ghoul and Driffield of her ministry, you know, and she is a minister. Yeah. She is an Assemblies of God minister. She preaches, she's a brilliant pastor. It took her out. Yeah. If she had. There was no other way around it. And then what did that do? It piled problems on Jonathan. Yeah. So it took out Jonathan and Amy. And also, do you know what the enemy does? Fills us with fear. Yeah. What, it, what is this? what's going on? The doctors couldn't put a real clear label on it. So, you know, when these things happen, I prick up my ears and I think, just a minute, I don't want to see the devil everywhere, yeah. but I do want to be aware yeah. what he's up to and deal with it. It says in 2 Corinthians 2:11, we are not ignorant of his schemes, yeah. but you know, yeah. We shouldn't be, but sometimes I think we yeah. are. Yeah. You know, sometimes I w- I've said to people, you know, I reckon that's the enemy and they've been bewildered. Yeah. You know, do not yeah. be ignorant of his schemes. Yeah. Be aware. Yeah. It says in 1 Peter 5, verse eight, be self-controlled and alert. There's one of them. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, like a roaring lion, Looking for someone to devour. What does it say? Resist him. Standing firm in the faith. Don't pat him on his head. Don't pretend he's not there. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith. Resist him when he seeks to steal your children away from Jesus. Oh, this makes me so angry. If I've time, I might mention it later on. If I don't, look at my blog. By... But that sounds so weird coming from me because I I don't really know what a blog is. (laughs) Jared is putting up some of my old articles from Joy, and I think he's just put up the one about fighting for your children. Do not let him have your children. I'll do more later. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. When he seeks to steal your finances, when you're living in a godly way, you're tithing. You're giving to the poor and you're spending wisely. You're spending wisely. If your finances are draining, resist him in the name of Jesus. He has no right. When he takes your health, whether it's your physical health or your mental health, resist him. He has no right. Your peace of mind, your joy, your marriage. You know the enemy is against us having good marriages. You know that, don't you? Marriage is, it was instituted by God and we need to resist him when he attacks our marriages and other relationships and our freedom. Attack him. Don't put up with it. Be aware it's him. You see, one of the devil's ploys is to persuade that this is normal. This is life. Your mother had a bad heart. You're going to have a bad heart. Your father had depression, you're gonna have depression. This is the behavior of all teenage children. This is your fault. You know, it comes with all sorts of ploys to persuade us that this is normal. And so we become blind, We we accept it, we feel powerless, we do nothing about it. The worst thing that we can do is accept the attack of the enemy. Do not lay down under him. I want to use the story of David and Goliath. Now, I'm, I'm not going to tell it minutely. So if you want to read it, it's in 1 Samuel 17. But yet again, the Israelites were fighting the Philistines. And every morning, one, uh, the Israelites would be on one hill and the Philistines on another hill. And every morning they would gather, they'd have their armor on, etc. And a giant from the Philistine company would come out fully armored up, nine feet tall, and he would taunt the children of Israel. He would taunt them. And do you know what the Bible says shockingly? It says that Saul and all his men felt dismayed and terrified at the attack of the giant. Wow. All of them. They stood there morning after morning for 40 days. He did this. And then into the camp came a little shepherd boy. It would be a youth in his shepherd's outfit. He brought his brothers some food. And as he arrived, the giant came out and he heard what the giant was saying. Now, listen. The, Saul says that Saul, the Bible says that Saul was a head and shoulders above all other men. And these other soldiers, they were mature men, but they were dismayed and terrified and did nothing about it. But listen to what David said when he heard it. He went to the other soldiers and in verse 26, he says this, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God wow. yeah. And you know what that means? First of all, to call him uncircumcised was to call him heathen yeah. and an unbeliever. If you were a believer in those days and were a male, you were circumcised. Yeah. You Christian men get away likely,'t don't, don't we? <laughs> and then to call him a philistine was to say that he was their enemy. Philistine in the Bible is a picture of Satan, a picture of the demonic. So he was saying, who who is this heathened enemy that he should defy the armies? he He was indignant. Do you know, we need to get indignant. We need to know who we are and whose we are and get indignant. And then the story rolls on. But when he comes to face Goliath, after quite a bit has happened, Goliath taunts him because he's so little and in a shepherd's outfit and he's got a stick in his hand. The giant taunts him. But listen to what David says. And this is the key to what I want to bring to you. He said to the giant, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you In the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. He was indignant. A little bit further on, he goes on to say, the battle is the Lord's. He threw the stone, but the battle is the Lord's. We resist Satan, but the battle is the Lord's. You know, I would not dare. I would not dare come against the enemy as Marion Cooper in my own strength. I'm not going to play around with the demonic. But do you know what? We need to know whose we are. I am a child of God. I love that song that we sing recently. I am a child. Don't you love it? Don't you want to stand on your seat and stamp your feet and shout, wow, that's who I come against the enemy in the name of. I am a child of God. And who is my father? The King of Kings, yeah. the Lord of Lords, yeah. the Omnipotent God, yeah. the one who beats Satan. I'm coming in his name, not my name. If we come against the enemy in our name, we will struggle. We yeah. come against him in the name of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Get indignant for yourself. When the enemy seeks to steal your children, get indignant. Yeah. Don't put up with it. When he puts sickness on you, get indignant. Don't lay there and accept it. And you know the thing with sickness though, I'm spitting. The thing with sickness, it depletes our strength. This is why we need to stand together. I am indignant on your behalf when the enemy puts cancer on you, when he steals your children. We need to get indignant when people are in in poverty. Get indignant. I was once in a prayer line. Um, just a few months ago, it might even have been at one, and uh, I was praying for people and Lauren Moore um, was praying as well for people. And I could hear, I was praying and you know concentrating, I think, and I could hear this young woman's voice at the side of me going, I will not have it. Do you hear? I will not have it. And I'm thinking, wow, somebody's getting a roasting. And I opened one eye and, and it was Lauren. And I... Good on you, girl. Don't put up with it. None of this. Oh, please go. Don't put up with it. When we get serious, God gets serious on our behalf. She wasn't fighting. Little Lauren Moore, she's, I don't know how big she is. I think she's about five foot and weighs six stone wet. She wasn't coming against the enemy in her name. In the name of Jesus, we come against him. And you know, when we need to come against him, God has given us the power and the authority to do it. Matthew 18 says, what you bind on earth is bound in heaven, but what you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. I want to put in there, and I know probably you shouldn't alter things, what you allow on earth is allowed in heaven. You allow it, it's allowed. My voice keeps going, doesn't it? Luke 9 verse 1. Jesus gave his disciples authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And I want to read another verse or a few verses in Ephesians. I am desperately, I love Ephesians. I am desperately in need of a new Bible. And I hate new Bibles. Anybody? Yeah. This is Ephesians. I do not want to change my Bible because you write in it, don't you? And if you know, you know a verse and you don't know chapter and verse, but you know it's up here in the corner in your Bible and you've underlined. I don't, but that's Ephesians. I love Ephesians. And... uh, It says this in Ephesians 1, 18 to 21. It says that we have an authority to deal with such issues, not in our own strength, but in Jesus. Let me read it to you. And what I've done here, I've taken a phrase and then I've skipped and I've taken a phrase just for time's sake. It says this, it's it's Paul praying for the Ephesians uh, and it's about Jesus. I pray that you may know him. I pray that you may know Jesus or God better. When we know him better, we've got an inner strength. Know the hope to which he has called us. He's not called us to sickness and to poverty and depression and anxiety. And then the riches of his glorious inheritance. Our God is a rich God, not just in finances, but in joy, in peace, in generosity, in vision, in everything we need. He is rich. There is glorious inheritance. Now, this is the bit, really. And his incomparably great power. Who for? For us who believe. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ this morning, raise your hand. I'm not looking, so it doesn't matter. For that power is for you. Come on. And it's not just power, it's great power. Yeah. No, 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 I've yeah. got it wrong. Incomparably great power for us who believe. And then it goes on to describe what it's like. Like the working of his mighty strength when he raised Christ from the dead. Now, come on, guys. Let the word of God excite you. Why do we lay down under the enemy when this is ours? It's not perhaps ours. It is ours because of what Jesus did on the cross. Get indignant. How dare this uncircumcised Philistine seek to steal my family? How dare he? How dare he put depression on me? How dare he make me substance dependent? How dare he? I'm sorry. I'm getting worked up. I, and it says, far, and where does he raise him to? Far above all rule and authority, dominion and power. So where is that? Over the demonic. Yeah. Yes. He has raised him above it. He rules. Yeah. Let's just sum up. I want you to get indignant. Can you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Be indignant. Stamp your foot. Stamping your physical foot won't do much, but to me, it helps me. Anybody? Stamp my foot. I won't have it. Then realize who you are. You are a child of God. The the devil may rubbish you, but if if you've asked Jesus into your heart, you are a child of God. And before we end, we're going to make sure everyone is a child of God. Know whose you are. We're children of God. It doesn't matter your background. It, you, you know, listen, there's going to be, become a moment of clarity now, a moment of what's the word? Honesty. You know, I was born and lived on a council estate. I was only educated t- till I was 16. I'm not very strong. I'm not very rich. I'm not very uh, uh, um, brave and courageous, but I know whose I am. Yeah. Yeah. I am a yeah. child of God. I always knew as a little girl, I was a princess, always. And when I became 11, uh, well, 14 really, and truly asked Jesus into my life, I realized that was the truth. I am a princess. Why? Because my father is a king. I am his. We're not fighting in our own strength. And then remember the power invested in you. Then let's just watch our attitude. In a few areas let me just say this realize that the authority given to us is by God because he lives in us you know it's not just enough when we're dealing with the demonic to say in the name of Jesus the Bible sometimes makes me laugh and in Acts 19 there's a verse that says that some Jews saw what Paul was doing and thought they would have a go at throwing out demons And the demon-possessed man, although we're not talking about possession, you understand that, don't you? We're talking about being annoyed, being harassed by the enemy. But these Jews went to the demon-possessed man and said in the name of Jesus. And the demons within him says, Paul we know, and Jesus we know, but who are you? Leapt on them, beat them, stripped them, and they, you know, know whose name you are doing it in. The world uses the name of Jesus in blasphemy. There is no power in just saying, in the name of Jesus. We need to have that Jesus in our hearts. Secondly, don't be double-minded. Know what you're asking from God. If you are sick, are you 100% sure you want your healing? Now, I don't want to offend anyone, okay? You understand that, and this isn't common, but some people live through their sickness, anybody? Yes. Now nod because otherwise I'm gonna be upset, I've offended you. Yes. Some people want the benefits yes. that come with, you know, and the Bible says, I think it's James 1.8, that if we're double-minded, we will not you won't get your healing. Yes. You need to be 100 with all my heart, yes. with everything yes. in me. And you know, if you are praying for your healing, don't give up. Yes. And if you're yes. getting weary, Pull people around you. Say, I'm losing heart. I'm getting weak. Help me. We need to be certain. We need, we want our healing. The same with work. Are you 100% sure you want work? It can be more convenient to lay in bed and take the benefits. You're hearing my heart? Because a double-minded person gets nothing. Thirdly, sometimes we have to reach a crisis before we will stamp our foot and get indignant. Sometimes there's no external crisis at all. The crisis is in our own hearts, but we have to reach a crisis where we say, that's it, I will not have it. If you go on the blog that Jared has just put on the website, you will see, I didn't know he was putting this one up, but I I had this as an illustration. When my children, when my boys were in their mid-teens, they weren't in any rebellion, I need to say that out of fairness to them, but we sense them pulling away from God. David and I met and married as born again, spirit filled Christians. So our children were conceived for God and dedicated to God within two weeks of their birth, and they were raised to the best of our ability for Jesus. But one night in a midweek meeting, my older son wasn't even in it, Jared was on the keyboard when the guest speaker said, I'm going to pray for all the young people. Come out, I'm going to lay hands on you. I think he might have mentioned the Holy Spirit. It's comical to think of now because of how Jared is. But at the mention of the Holy Spirit, Jared ran out of that meeting as if the devil himself was after him. Shot off the keyboard, shot out of the meeting. But something happened in me in that meeting. I ran out the back to the kitchen, I began to sob, to sob not little English sobs, big African sobs. <laughs> I was living in Gibraltar, so big Gibraltarian sobs. And all I could say was my children, my children. But something broke in me and I was determined with every fiber in my being, the devil wouldn't have my sons. And I began, of course I'd prayed before, of course I'm a Christian. But I began to pray in a new way. And you know, sometimes we reach a crisis with our health, with our finances, with our marriage, with our ministry, whatever it is. Are are you with me? Where we say, I will not have it. In Jesus' name, I will not have it. And you know, just to encourage you, none of this is wasted, by the way. Remember the video we saw a few weeks ago when this shocked me because I thought, This is very honest that she couldn't forgive for 18 months. So uh, uh, a healing, this is how I understood it. For 18 months, she was struggling. But you know, I want to remind you, Romans 8, 28, all things work for the good of those who love him. That nothing is wasted. God will grow you in that time, mature. I tell you what he did with my bad back. If nothing else, he gave me empathy. He made me, when I see people in pain, think back to that time and think, oh, dear God, heal them. You know, Sandra, you witnessed to the fact that in that seven years, you had a new intimacy with, with God. God will use it. I want to move on. And I want to, to tell you, there are many ways to resist the enemy and I don't have time to go into them. I'm going to use one, then I'm going to move on again. And that one is Worship. Psalm 149 tells us that when we worship, this is why this team is so vitally important and we should pray for them because if the enemy can stop them uh, facilitating us going into worship, they they are in danger. Uh, um, In a sense, if you are under satanic attack, if you sense it, become an extravagant worshiper. You know, sometimes when I see people struggling and I see them sat there during the worship, I want to go and try worship. Come on! Now, I don't know what's going on in your heart. Of course, I put my hand up to that. You may have a heart that's dancing, but I don't see it. <laughs> and I want to go try worship. Yes. Because, you know, we may not want to resist the enemy, come against him because he does intimidate us. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, when you worship God, let me tell you what the Spirit Filled Life Bible says. It says, human strength without acknowledging God's might does not win spiritual battles. And then there is tremendous power in worship and praise. Of the mighty spiritual weapons given believers, worship and praise are chief among them, they enthrone God to deal directly with our spiritual enemies. When we worship, we're involved in spiritual warfare. Are you with me? Give it some welly when we worship. Stamp your foot. Have in mind what you need the victory over. Exalt Jesus so he comes and helps us in our battle. The battle is his, finally. While I was preparing this, our older son, Jason, recommended a couple of things to listen to, a couple of um, preachers, you know? And one was Bill Johnson. And you know, when you know you know something, you do know it, don't you? But you forget, because this is human nature. It's like I've talked about. In church, we're just reinforcing what we already know most of the time. And he said this, and I wanted to chuckle he said that the battle between God, and I'm, t- I'm telling you this, so you know you're on the winning side, okay? That the battle between God and Satan isn't an equal battle. It's, and I'm adding this, it's not two, is it heavyweights in the boxing ring fighting each other, and we don't know which one. It's not equal. It's not even a heavyweight, and is it's is a flyweight, a little one. And it's not even a heavyweight and a flyweight And you know, just by chance, the little flyweight might win. No, it's a totally unequal battle. God is God. He always was, always will be, all powerful, all conquering. And you know who the devil is? The devil is one of his created beings who then got rebellious and fell. Let me read you a few more things. Listen what it says in Colossians 2.15. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, that's the demonic, this is Jesus. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, listen, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, He didn't just die to save you from your sins or for your healing. He died to triumph over the devil. He is triumphed over. His end is sure. But let me read you what the Spirit-Filled Life Bible says again. That he is not yet annihilated, but his authority has been curbed. In other words, he's a ferocious dog on a lead. He's not annihilated, otherwise we wouldn't be bothered by him like this. But his authority has been curbed. Are you with me? We're on the winning side, guys. Last scripture, then we're going to pray. Another brilliant one Romans 8, 37 to 39. That we are more than conquerors. Come on. Say, I am more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. I am. Absolutely, I am more than a conqueror. Know in all these things, that's whatever life throws at you, whatever disappointments, discouragements, pain, all these things, even death. Do you know, even in death, he has not defeated us. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. We are more than conquerors. I sing it over your life. You are more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. We come against cancer. We come against pain and sickness. We come against poverty. We come against discouragement and stress and anxiety. We come against worry. Oh God, in your name, we come against having our children stolen away. Almighty God, oh Jesus. Do you know, all this is for those who believe.